humbly because you have to realize that you're not the total package in and of yourself. You're a part with a function, not the whole. Now, think about it. I want to throw that land for a second because in some ways, this is why church in our cultural moment that we're living right now is falling on such hard times because our world that we live in, that we've been conformed to says, you're the complete package. Why is it so hard to ask for help? The truth is that many people don't want to admit that they can't do it on their own, that they need other people. Well, as you'll discover today, God designed you to live in community with others. Pastor Daniel shares that you should humbly admit that you're not the total package. You need others to fill in your gaps, just like they need you to help them. Living like God intended means humbly doing life together. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 12 as he continues his message, Join the Party. You could be like me at the gym, except you're at church where you're, you're at church, but you're actually not engaging in what's being talked about. You're not worshiping. You're not saying, hey, how does this message apply to my life? Or maybe you're one of those people, you just look around the church and you're like, ooh, so-and-so is here. I don't like that person. I can't believe that person's a Christian. You know? And that stuff goes on at church. What's funny is they're probably saying the same thing about you. That's a different discussion, you know? And what goes on is that you're there, but you're not really there as a living sacrifice, right? You're at the place, but you're not actually engaging with it. And Paul's saying, listen, I want to urge you, because of God's mercy, that you present yourself as a, a living sacrifice. And he says, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He's saying that when you bring yourself as a sacrifice... As a living sacrifice, God wants to do a work in you, right? And he wants to make you set apart holy as he is holy. He's made you acceptable because of Jesus. And he said, it's the reasonable thing to do, given what we know about Jesus. Now, I think it's a fascinating thing that the Apostle Paul tells us that presenting yourself to God for transformation is the most reasonable thing you can do, given who Jesus is and what he's done. And I'll be honest with you, I've learned this in my own life. When I started exploring Christianity when I was in my early 20s, I started to realize like if Jesus died for me, it's not crazy to say I'm going to follow him. And I was one of those people who searched all the religions and Christianity was the last place because, you know, having grown up the way I grew up, it was part of our culture. You know, and I was like, there's nothing to this. Because I saw this stuff, I'm like, ugh. And I checked out all the other things because that was what was cooler and, and more interesting. And then when I came to Jesus and I read the Gospels, I was like, actually, it's super reasonable if Jesus died on a cross for me to say, I'm going to devote my life to following him. That's not an irrational thought. Right? He pulls it your reasonable service. And then he explains it even more. What does this mean to present yourself for transformation? In verse 2, because it says... And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, what's interesting here is what you learn is that at every single point of your life, you are presenting yourself to something and something is happening. If you present yourself as a living sacrifice to God, then you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But if you choose not to, guess what? You're presenting yourself to this world in which we live, and you are going to be conformed to it. So the idea of I'm my own person, I do it my own way, that's a total lie. Either way, every single day, you are being either conformed or transformed. So what's amazing is, is what you realize is that either way, somebody is shaping you. Either way, there is something right now that is making you into something that you were not the day before. And it's a question of conformity or transformation. Now you think about what conformity is. Conformity is when you fall into lockstep with what's going on around you. Right? It's like if you remember uh, that, that classic movie, The Dead Poet Society, when all the kids are walking in a circle, and before you know it, they're all walking in the same rhythm, right foot at the same time. If we did it right now, if I just said, hey, does anyone think this? And if everyone raised their hand, even though if it was totally wrong, the people who kept their hands down, it takes a lot of self-control to keep your hand down, because you just want, everyone wants to just join in. And really what's going on is it's saying, look, you are either presenting yourself as a living sacrifice to Jesus, and he's transforming you, or you're not, and you're just becoming like everybody else. You're being conformed. And it's kind of a, a provocative idea, isn't it? That either way, something's shaping you. You're either letting the world, the, the world system, an, an anti-God way of looking at everything shape you, or you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, of course, the Apostle Paul also said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, what's fascinating here is he's saying, with an unveiled face, because of what God has done for us in Christ, the Spirit of God has taken away the veil from our face, and we're beholding God's glory as if in a mirror. And as we gaze upon the Lord, we are being transformed from glory to glory. Now that word transformed, we get our word metamorphosis from this word. It's metamorpho in the Greek language. And it literally means to completely transform from the inside out. And that's exactly what Jesus offers a person. When a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus, she's saying, look, you can either be conformed, be made like the world in which we live. Or you can be transformed because by your faith in Jesus, the Spirit of God now is going to unveil your face so that you can behold who Jesus is. And as you behold him, you're being transformed from glory to glory. Or it says here, by the renewing of your mind. See, what God wants to do is he wants to do a work of renewal in the way that we think. Why we think what we think. How we think what we think. What I've learned is that as a follower of Jesus, the Spirit of God loves me enough when I have a crazy thought, and I know you'd be shocked to realize I have some of those. When I have those, you think to yourself, why am I thinking that? Like, when you get all up in arms over something, because somebody did something that you didn't like, and then you realize, wait, I've done that 97,000 times. Right? And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God come and convicts you because he's renewing your mind. 
He's saying, listen, or you start having these thoughts that you're like, I have that thought, but that's not a biblical thought. That's my, that's when I know God's doing a work in someone's life. When you start having Bible verses that contradict the way that you think, right? Or like this just happened to me the other day. I was having a situation was going on and I was feeling a little surly about it. And a verse just passed through my mind. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I remember just, that's what I did. I, I, I rolled my eyes at the Holy Spirit. Okay. You know? But it was so good because I'm like, you know, that what I'm thinking about is just not right. Or, or, or my new favorite one. Because, you know, I've been thinking a lot about what breaks up people's relationships. Not like, like marital relationships or, or romantic, but just like the issues with people. It's almost always an accusation in your heart. Like you have a situation and what you expected to happen and what you experience are different, right? And when that happens, then you fill the gap with either trust or suspicion. With either I trust this person's heart or I'm suspicious of their motives. And know what's amazing is when you fill that gap with suspicion, know what that is? It's accusation. And know what happens when you fill that gap with accusation? Who's the accuser of the brethren? Satan, that's what the Bible says. So of course it's going to break apart a relationship. Of course you're going to struggle with somebody. I can't believe they do that. Well, you just put suspicion in the gap. Maybe they didn't do that at all. Maybe you're just misunderstanding what they were thinking. But right as you accuse them in your heart, guess what? It starts to tear it apart. Now, isn't that where all of us live every single day? <laughs> right? But when you realize who the accuser of the brethren is, every time I put suspicion in the gap, even if I think I'm justified in doing it, because I know Satan's the accuser of the brethren, do I want to follow him? No. I don't want to follow him at all. Neither do you. But again, that's what happens when you get your mind renewed. And of course, when all that's happening, then with our lives, we begin to prove what is that good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Because God is transforming us, and then our lives begin to take on different qualities. And that's an invitation for each one of us, for each one of you. Jesus is saying, listen, either way, you're going to be conformed or transformed. It's going to be one or the other. But I'm inviting you to present yourself to me, and I'll transform you. And I'll do it by renewing your mind. And as I do that, your life is going to begin to take on the qualities that prove out what is God's good and acceptable and perfect will. But either way, you're being changed. Today, you're going to be changed. It's just a matter if you're going to be transformed or conformed. Now, from that invitation, look at what happens next. Verse 3 of Romans 12. It says this. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Now, I think this is beautiful. Once somebody presents themselves to God as a living sacrifice, now what we're encouraged to do is humbly join the party. Because there's no such thing as being a child of God apart from the family of God. Right? And really what God is saying is that when you come to the Lord and you say, God, I'm going to make the choice to give you my life, 
then God says, guess what? I've also made you part of something so much bigger than yourself. This thing called church. Now, church is not a building. Church is a called out group of people. But what's interesting here is right away, Paul starts talking about this idea of church and the will of God for somebody who believes in Jesus as for them to be part of this thing called church. Now, but in order to become part of the church, notice you need to come in a humble way. Right? Because look at what he says. He says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but think soberly. Now, if anyone's had uh, an experience with church, one of the things that is common is that people are not what? Humble. Everyone's like, well, my way is the right way. You know? And, and, And everyone feels that way. Right? But what's amazing is, right as he talks about church, the key to church is that everyone comes not having an elevated view of themselves. Now, Paul's reasoning for not having an elevated view is very, very powerful because Paul is saying, look what he says. He says, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For we, verse 4, are many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, you have to come humbly because you have to realize that you're not the total package in and of yourself. You're a part with a function, not the whole. Now, think about it. I want to let that land for a second. Because in some ways, this is why church in our cultural moment that we're living right now has fallen on such hard times. Because our world that we live in, that we've been conformed to, says you're the complete package. You don't need church. You don't need somebody else. You don't need community. You have everything that you need right on yourself. And guess what? It sets us all up for failure because guess what? Not everybody is good at everything. Not everyone is good at everything. And we were not created to be autonomous individuals alone. We're created to be autonomous individuals that realize that we are part of a body. And that body has all different parts. All Everyone brings something different. God has preordained that we all have different functions within it. Like even right now, as we're, we're here together at Crossroads, like I'm teaching and there's some of you who are like, I would love to do what he's doing right now. And some of you are like, you couldn't catch me dead up there. Right? And guess what? Both of them are right on for you. Wherever you land. But what we have a tendency to do is think, oh, well, you know, it's got to be my way. And no, in order for the church to function the way God wants, everybody has to come humbly. Knowing that God has given to each person their own function to do. The own piece of the puzzle. And I think what's so tragic in the day and age in which we live is that so often people are like, well, I'm going to take my marbles and play on my own. But the thing is, is it's boring to play marbles on your own. Or I think it's even more boring to play marbles with people who are just like you. Because what I've learned as a follower of Jesus, is God brings together people who I never would have guessed. And he makes them your family. And when you're together, you learn all sorts of things. You learn things that you would have never known. If you were just with your niche group, the group of people that are just like those people, if you're just with those people, then everyone's just kind of the same. 
But then you get people from all these different backgrounds and you put them together and now all of a sudden there's so much things that we can learn. People see things from different angles. I'll never forget, I was sitting in a, in a Bible study. This must have been about almost 20 years ago now. And I remember there was all these people there and some of the folks had advanced degrees in theology and they were talking about all this stuff. And they, were, they were like, they were bickering and debating about a piece of scripture. And finally there was a, a gentleman there who was, had just retired and he was a, you know, a laborer. You know, he had, he, one of those guys who his hands were just calloused, scarred up. And at some point he's like, you know, guys, I don't know about all that stuff. I just know that Jesus wants you to love each other. That's all he said, the whole small group. And I looked over, I'm like, bro. After I'm like, you're so right. He's like, I don't even know what they were talking about. I just don't think that they were loving each other. And what's beautiful is, is that that guy's simple biblical encouragement was the most powerful thing I heard. These guys have advanced degrees and they're arguing about this, that, and he's like, yeah, I just think Jesus wants you guys to love one another. And I was like, everyone has a different role to play. Now, he wasn't disparaging the theologians, and I'm not either. But the thing is, is that not one of us has it all together. We're all parts of the body with different functions. And the key for us is to humbly join the party. To be a part of what God is doing. It's like, it's like what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 12 to 14. He says, for as the body is one and has many members. But all the members of that one body being member are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit you were baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks. Whether slaves or free. And have all been made to drink in one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member. But many. Now, I love that. And it's one of the things that I love so much about the Crossroads family. Because you're all so different from one another. You know it's like, like in this church family. There's people from every different background possible. All the different ages. I always get nervous when I go to church where it's all older people. Or if I go to church it's all younger people. I always get nervous. You know why? Because then nobody has to grow. <laughs> nobody has to come humbly because everyone's exactly the same. They want the same things, you know? And listen, and I realize that as a big family, I realize that in a church of many thousand, I always say it, you know, if you put five people together, you get five set of preferences. You put 50 people together, you get 50 set of preferences. You put 4,000 people together, guess what you get? 4,000 set of preferences, which can make some of our jobs quite challenging, right? But here's the thing. Sometimes you just say, is this just my preference or is there really something there? And you know what happens is that simple question is an act of humility. See, like as we're encouraging all of you to join small groups this week, I hope that there are people who are totally different from you in your small group. You know why? Because you're going to learn how to love one another. You're going to learn how to see certain things differently. And I'll be honest with you, it's a lost art in our day and age, isn't it? Because our world that is conforming us says you can only enjoy people who are just like you, who have the same background as you, same age group as you, same values as you, same this, same that. And Jesus actually says, actually, no, I'm going to save people from every different background. I'm going to put them together. And I'm going to teach them how to humbly function as one body. I mean, many of you know what it's like when you're sick. Sometimes your body, is, your body is fighting against itself. Sometimes you're sick and your body is trying to fight off a disease. But other times, 
the body attacks itself. And in a lot of ways, that's the day and age in which we live because we live in a world that people don't think I should come humbly. They think, well, I'm the whole package. Everyone should just come in lockstep with what I want or it's a big problem. But what would it look like for you in all your relationships to humbly join the party? To humbly just show up and say, I'm going to realize that God created me to be part of something bigger than myself. And it's not easy. Can we just be honest? When you have to humbly come, isn't it not easy? Super hard. Because you know how it is. You want to eat breakfast, you get to make it your way. You're like, I want what I wanted for breakfast. You know, I, I remember I grew up in the day and age where my mom was like, I'm making one breakfast, you either eat it or you starve. Now I realize I was abused as a child. <laughs> I didn't know it at the time. Because now it's like every kid's got to have their own meal, you know what I mean? Like, and I went, now I'm not, I'm only kidding, I wasn't really abused. But like, that's kind of like, I can't, they made me eat oatmeal, I hate oatmeal. It's like, it's oatmeal. you ate, you're here. Like, you know, but it's like, but we live in that kind of a day and age where everyone gets it the way you want it, right? And then you come together and you're like, it makes sense that nobody can agree on anything because everyone's so used to getting it their own way. But because of God's mercy and because of God's grace and the finished work of Jesus, the body of Christ comes together humbly and says, I'm going to be a part of this party. I want to join this thing. And then notice what it says next, verse 6 of Romans chapter 12. It says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion with our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so listen, when you humbly join the party, then you just need to use your gifts. You just need to use your gifts. He's saying, listen, as we come together humbly, as we become part of this body, we realize that each one of us has differing gifts according to the way God's grace has worked into our lives. And the key for each one of us is to use those gifts in accordance with God's heart and his purposes. Now, what's interesting is if you look at all these gifts that are explained here, notice you have the gift of prophecy, the gift of ministry or service, the gift of teaching, the gift of exhorting, the gift of generosity, the gift of leading, the gift of mercy. All of these gifts, except for maybe prophecy, none of these are sign gifts. None of these are unique gifts of the Spirit like tongues and their interpretation. These are just normal, everyday, moving through life gifts. I don't think we often realize that, that that for each one of us, you're moving through your life every single day and God just wants you to humbly be a part of what he's doing. Prophecy in its most basic definition is to call into question the status quo and give a vision for a more beautiful future. That's what prophecy is. Some of it tells, foretells future events, a small percentage of it. Jesus is We all want to have purpose, to do something meaningful with our lives. Well, today, Pastor Daniel reminded you that God created you to be part of something bigger than yourself. Because of the finished work of Jesus, you can humbly come together with people who are different from you and function as one body. Pastor Daniel shared that God has given you incredible gifts for you to use in accordance with his heart and purposes. 
Hey everybody, I want to invite you to join me in reaching people with the message that Jesus is real. Would you pray about partnering with us in the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio? Your support in this way helps us to keep sharing God's word and helps us reach more and more people. Thank you for considering partnering. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. I'd love for you to be part of the Crossroads Community Church family, but I understand some of our listeners can't make it to the actual church building. If that's you, come join us online. We live stream our Sunday morning services at CrossroadsChurch.net. So grab a cup of coffee and join us wherever you are for our time of worship and teaching. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel will help you understand how staying close to Jesus changes your life. You'll discover that as you abide in Jesus, He will transform what you say and do to be more like Him. Pastor Daniel will list out some of the changes you'll see, but most importantly, he'll remind you that none of this happens without Jesus at the helm. He'll do the work, not you. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Amplify. That's next time on Jesus is Real Radio.